Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we start today's podcast episode, I do just want to give you all a trigger warning. This episode does contain discussions around depression, self-harm, and suicide. So if any of these conversations are triggering, please contact Lifeline at 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. Like, I was probably, like, showering every three days, and I felt disgusting, but it was just something I just couldn't do. Like, it just felt like so much effort and... And then like you always end up self-conscious thinking like, oh, do I smell? Does my partner think I'm disgusting and feral because I'm not showering? And yeah, that's 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 really hard. Like when you're just living everyday life and you can't even be motivated enough to clean yourself. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Rant Tuesday on the Nasty Woman Club podcast. I'm your host Demi Lynch and I have a special guest on today's show. My beautiful, amazing, funny, incredible, amazing again, beautiful partner, Daniel. Why thank you Demi. Also, on my third time, do I still count as special or am I just becoming normal now? Damn it, so now I've like overused that word now, special. Damn it. Okay, you yeah. are you are the I don't know what I would call you now. No, you're still special. You're still special. Fan favorite? You're a fan favorite. <laughs> my only you're my number one fan favorite. Because of, I'm the only. Of the only <laughs> fans. Yes. Uh-huh. So yes, you literally Not of the only fans. I hope Oh. Oh, no, no, no. Not of the only fans. Not of the only fans, no. Yes, that uh, definitely came out wrong. <laughs> You're the one that has to twist it that way. I didn't even think of OnlyFans, but... Everyone thinks of OnlyFans when you combine those two words. Only you do. Only, of course, you do. No shade to OnlyFans. We love OnlyFans. We love OnlyFans. We love it. Like, I wish I had the skills to, like, make a cool OnlyFans account, because you can make some good moolah off that. Mm. Yeah. I just thought it'd be a bit odd if your biggest OnlyFans fan was your partner. I know, because you can get that it might for, say some uh, you can some get troubling free. things about our relationship. Yeah, because you can get it for free. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today we're not talking about OnlyFans. Maybe that could be. Maybe that could be for another episode. We can talk OnlyFans. I think you can discuss that. That's certainly not my porn. area of we expertise. Can, we can talk about porn. We can talk about. Um, yeah, you look, you really look so uncomfortable right now. So, (laughs) how many minutes is in, are we? And I've already made you uncomfortable as fuck. Doesn't take long. (laughs) It doesn't take long since our relationship. I will note though. Mm -hmm. I will note. Yes. This is my first time doing this sober. (gasps) Oh, it is. It is, it is, it is. Okay. All right. So should the audience be more scared or less scared then? I think less scared. Less scared. Yeah, okay. I'm a little. I'm a little bit more. Uh, Dennis the Menace won't come out or anything. No, 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 no Dennis the Menace. Oh, Miss Dennis. I'm a little bit more opinionated. Yes, a little bit more drunk. opinionated. Yes, <laughs> at least you won't be like slurring the words and being like Trump's an idiot. Yes, won't be any I of that. can enunciate. Oh, well done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But yes, today on the episode, we're going to be discussing something a little more serious than what we normally do. But don't worry, Dan will be coming back on the show. He's just hearing this now. He will be. I'll be making him. He'll be coming back on the show for more drunken episodes. But today's episode's a bit more serious. It's about a topic that definitely means something very, very deeply to both Dan and I, because it's both affected us and also loved ones of ours. And... That is the glorious world of depression and mental illness. So before we go on to this topic, and obviously this is a very, uh, I want to, I don't want to say a very taboo topic to look at in a very honest way, because 
as we'll bring in soon. It's very romanticized. So before we do go into the depths of it all, I just want to make sure that everyone is very clear in knowing that Dan and I are not health professionals. We definitely are not. So if you are seeking advice regarding your mental health, in particular with depression or anxiety, please seek professional help. Please go to a GP. And as I said earlier on in the episode, if any of these conversations are triggering, please go to Lifeline and give them a call at 13 11 14. So now that is all out of the way. All right, my dear. Thank both. Firstly, firstly, just thank you for letting me put you in front of a mic to talk about depression because yeah, we're, we're obviously very open about talking about it to each other. Like we've been together for mm, three years, just over three years. Just now, over yes. three years. So obviously we're open about talking about it like all the bloody time, but so mm. I do appreciate you like being open about talking about it to the nasty woman club audience. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. I would like to say, although we are very much not mental health professionals mm. and none of this advice well, none of what we are saying should be taken as advice. Mm, yeah. Uh, we are simply sharing our thoughts mm. and our understanding from our own bouts of depression. Mm-hmm. We understand that every bout of depression is different. Uh, however, through our challenges that we've faced and that we've faced together, mm. we uh, have seen a bit of a trend lately where mental illness is becoming an okay thing to say, but Mm. not talk about. Mm, If you see someone on TV or someone who is uh, being interviewed, Mm. quite often they will say, oh, I had depression, I had mental health battles, Mm. and everyone looks at it and goes, ah, that's great that they help themselves out and they're through it, and they're happy to see the end product, but at no point will it be discussed of what that depression actually entailed, what happened during it and how they were during that time. Yeah, that's true. Because when you are going through a really deep cycle of depression, like in you deep, deep in it, you don't want to talk to anyone. You don't want to get out of bed. Like, 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 like you said, it is great to see like there's so many people, especially in the public eye and even just on our Instagram and social media of like people in our own world. Like, it is great to see people talking about it and say, like, oh, I've experienced this, I've gone through this. But what is not spoken about, as you said, is the actual, when you're going through it, like, the real shittiness of when you're going through it. Because it doesn't feel like at all that you'll make it to the end. It just feels like you're just always going to be stuck. You're always going to be feeling like you're just in this void of nothingness and just numbness and, yeah. Yeah. And I think it is really important that the um, what actually happens when you are facing a depression or an acute bout of depression, mm. it, because then if you've heard that other people have gone through it, you don't feel as though you can feel as though it's not unbeatable at mm. times. But to know that other people have gone through it and that other people have experienced these things... Mm is something that could help some people yeah. potentially. Yeah. So hopefully maybe our conversation today might help someone maybe to seek advice and also to just help them realize that what they're going through is normal. Like for example, the side, like what we'll go into a bit later, like the side effects of depression, like things that you experience every day that you feel embarrassed about or you feel ashamed about, like hopefully our conversation today can normalize that and help people realize that depression is hard as fuck it's not this beautiful romanticized thing that the media portrays portrays like it is fucking hard yeah it's not just i'm sad and on the couch yes it is so much more than that Mm, yeah So the first thing we want to talk about, obviously, we won't go into too much detail because, again, we don't want to be triggering to anyone. But I do want to mention our history with depression. So through our three-year relationship, you and I have definitely, like, gone through cycles of depression. Yes. I think only on a few occasions they've both been at the same time. But it seems to be, like, 
like it's like oh, I've got I'm using my hands right now, but you can't see. But it's like a flowing effect. Like one's up while the other one's down, and, and like sometimes they cross over, but like more often than not, we're both like on either end of the spectrum of like how we're feeling. Yes. Yeah. There have been times where we've both been good, and there have been mm. times where we've both been bad. Yeah. But it's been. Um, not with our relationship, but with the world around us. Mm, yeah. We've had a pretty rough run over the last three years. Uh, given that a year and a half of that was COVID, mm. probably doesn't help that. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we've had job transitionings, uh, Ooh, yeah. living transitionings. Money struggles. Oh my God. Yes. None of the things that help mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think the worst point for us was this was actually before COVID. So like us being oh, in boy. lockdown during COVID, that was a piece of fucking mm. cake because before COVID there was a point where, so I got fired from my job at a vet. It was a very, very toxic job, but I got fired from there because apparently I didn't clean. Well, no, what was it? I didn't dust enough, even though I was a receptionist and also somehow a nurse when you were at no way qualified to be a nurse. <laughs> when I was just there just to do social media, but yeah, apparently I didn't dust enough. And it's just like, where do I have time? But anyway, so... <laughs> moving on. Moving on from that. But yes, I got fired from this job and this was literally after we just moved out into our own place together. And so that obviously is a big stress to anyone is when you lose a job because you all of a sudden you have to try and find another job, organize your finances with your new budget, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, then you had your little uh, exit. Two weeks later, I was working at a restaurant, mm. uh, which was my job at the time. I was waiting tables. And through the overwork and improper practices that were in place there, I, got, I ended up with a bulge disc in my spine not fun and was stuck in bed mm. for the next, I think it took six months before I could work again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was bedridden and housebound for six months. Yeah. While you were yeah. <laughs> trying to find something to do every day. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So mm. this was before, Oh, this this was like in the early early days of Nasty Woman Club because like this was before I pursued it full time or anything like that. So I didn't really have mm. anything to really do. So, and because we had barely any money because I don't have a job and you didn't have a job. No, I was on workers' comp. <laughs> you were on workers' comp. So when you're both housebound, you're, yeah, because you yeah we essentially both became housebound because we didn't have any monies because we couldn't do anything. <laughs> yes. And eating the most basics, basics of food. Could barely afford petrol. Oh my god, yes. That many times we had to use like coins to get petrol, or we would um what is we do afterpay on our groceries like. But yeah, so oh, I want a meat tray through a work thing. That was the greatest. That was the greatest. Day. I felt like I won a million dollars when you won that meat train. This is like, the first time we'd had we proper meat other than yes. cheap ham oh in God. like over a month. I do not miss that cheap ham. That ham oh, is so, so terrible. So, so rank. But, um, oh. but yeah, we were in a really, our mental health really suffered during that time. Like, really, like, yeah, like we were both stuck mm. there for like several months and our mental health was so, so bad. So, and of course, like when your partner, like someone you love is in deep depression, you want to do everything you can to help them. But at the same time, my mental health was so shit as well. So it was just so hard. Like, honestly, it was like off and on each day. Like one day you were oh. helping me, cuddling me, telling me everything's going to be okay. And then literally the day after I'd be doing the exact same to you. Yes. It just be like, we'd like taking turns. And then some days we'd just be like, no, we can't. I just need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. that we was have, yeah, that, was, that was not a good time. Yeah, back to our uh, battles with depression, our mm. mental health problems. Mm. So when we first started dating, I was on a um, I was on an acute health care package, which mm. is one step off suicide watch. Mm -hmm. uh, that was quite early in our relationship that yeah. that, that that happened. I was heavily medicated. And uh, seeking help and was having meetings with GPs and psychologists before uh, before we started dating. Yeah. 
And then, yes, almost as soon as we started dating, <laughs> I started to have some real troubles through my university studies yeah. and a lot of other, a lot of other things that were going on. Mm -hmm. uh, I have had a lot of help with that, with my diagnosis of being on the autism spectrum and having ADHD. That has uh, helped me understand myself a lot better since then, and I've been a lot better. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, that's not the only bout of uh, acute depression I've had. Yeah. I've had multiple throughout my life. Uh, the first time I started to see a psychologist was I was in year six, so my last year of primary school. Then there was year eight I had another bout. And year 10 was the first time I was medicated for depression. Uh, there's been a couple of other times there. Mm. So a lot of what I speak about today will come from my experiences and how I, the, some of the right things, some of the things I did that helped me and some of the things I did that didn't help me. Mm. Yeah. And kind of, I also would like to pass on, I won't call it official advice, but what would have helped me had what would have helped me had the people around me have done it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's definitely something that will be good for us to mention later on is like what people shouldn't do if they know they have a loved one that is experiencing depression, because there are, mm. we have had to endure some problematic things said to us by people that just didn't get it, that just didn't understand mm. mental illness. And because, yeah, because, it is, it is really, really tough. And it, and obviously it's like been really romanticized by society. So I think that's why a lot of people don't know how to act around it. And also as well with the older generations as well, like especially baby boomers and um, Gen Xs, they were told not to talk about it at all. And now all of a sudden, you know, all these young people are talking about it. So yeah. I obviously know that's an effect. But, um, but yeah, with my history though, so yeah, I did have that experience with dan um what was it like two years ago like when we we're both in deep depression but yeah that would have been almost uh yeah just over two yeah, years ago just over two years yeah because yep. we just moved into our apartment um but yeah before that though i definitely did have cycles of depression probably started when i was about 14 um i do have a history of self-harm and suicidal thoughts and yeah honestly it's just been like a cycle ever since i was like about 14 years old of being in and out of depression and just a lot of things like a lot of very various different things affecting it and why it happens and stuff <laughs> sorry dan was trying to give me something for me to fidget because when i get nervous i need something to fidget fidget with so that's okay he knows me well so i'm gonna fiddle with my mm. rubber thing Normally I have long nails and I fidget with my nails, which isn't it isn't good at all. So I've got a little rubber thing to fidget with and he's got his fidget cube. Yes. But um, yeah, so I have that history. And then for those of you that have probably noticed on my Instagram stories, I have posted a lot about my current cycle of depression, all that fun and jazz. Um, yeah, I don't Yeah, ever since we moved into our new um, place, which freaking love like that's that's the frustrating thing i love our new place it's gorgeous it's not a shoe box which is lovely oh it's um, just so nice <laughs> especially because like you know as, as like as like two bigger people living in like a really tiny place we just felt like we we're just like barging into each other and well just... i bumped into everything yes <laughs> i had bruises all over shoulders and elbows and knees and yeah oh it's so nice for my people like oh my skin's clear of acne i'm like my skin's clear of bruises it's so nice <laughs> <laughs> yes and i'm not sweating i was oh god so hot it was so hot and so stuffy because it was so tiny and like now i'm just like oh my god it's cold i can wear a jumper <laughs> it's just so good but um yeah when we moved into this place i did get into a deep depression though even though i did love the place it was just a number of factors including leaving Yet another toxic job, all the fun mm -hmm. of toxic jobs. I think you need to come on to do a toxic job round. That could be good fun. That could toxic be... Toxic job and toxic boss. <sighs> that will require alcohol. Yeah. Yes, that will require <laughs> alcohol. I think that's definitely mm. what we should do. <laughs> oh, yes. But yes, I left a 
toxic job. So that that job was affecting me for about a for for n- n- numerous weeks near the end of it. Like that was really affecting my mental health. And then um, yeah, just like money struggles and as well because I've gained a lot of weight over the past couple of years. Um, that was affecting me. Just just lots of different stuff. And yeah, so that's where I'm currently am at now. I have increased on my medication. I am gonna see a therapist. I just need to book that appointment. Been to the GP and yeah. had that very hard first step, of which I am so proud of you for taking. Thank you. Because it's certainly not talked about is mm. how hard taking that first step is. Yes, because how many times did I say to you, "Oh, babe, I'm feeling better. Let's just cancel it." Oh, babe, I'm really not feeling like it. Let's just cancel it. Like you had to like <laughs> drag. <laughs> you had to like drag. <laughs> I had to me. grab you by the ear and drag <laughs> you to the car. Yeah. Glad you did. I was so glad you came into that appointment with me because that was a lot when she was like asking. She was a great doctor though, really, really good. Oh, she was. Mm. What, I can't remember her name, but mm. thank you so much really, to really all good. the good doctors out there who are incredibly understanding mm. and uh, for once not fat phobic. Uh, oh my god, yes. <laughs> um, like she not once said like, "Oh, could it be you? If you lost weight, you'll be happy." <laughs> I've had people say that to me. They're just like, well, if you, if you lost weight, you'll be happier. If you just, oh, 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 this is triggering for you. If you just go for a walk, you'll feel better. <laughs> we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. But yes, that's our history of depression. But I think the main thing that we want to get, get to, though, our first point with depression is... <sighs> the perception of it right now and how it's romanticized in today's society and on social media because that's what that's something that you and I rant about all the fucking time. It's very how, often. It's how people just don't it's like it's like as if people are either they don't want to speak about it at all, it's not a thing, it doesn't exist, or the other end of it is like Every single person in the entire world has it. It's romanticized. It's this beautiful thing that connects us all. And it just, oh, it just, oh, depression is just when you're sad. Or if you're nervous, that means you have anxiety. Oh, if you like things to be neat, you have OCD. It's just, (sighs) it's just very, like, like, I remember when I was in my teen years, I was a big Tumblr fanatic. Like, I loved my Tumblr, spent all my days on it. Now I just spend all my days on Instagram and TikTok. But in my Tumblr days, oh my God, they used to post so much shit about mental health and there'd just be so many triggering photos. Like it'd be self-harm photos with flowers and then like really problematic stuff about suicide. It was just really, really, really toxic. I... Oh, Tumblr was the home for teen angst. Yes. For sure. I also, what, well, what I actually saw more, I saw more of like, say on Tumblr, I saw like, it was like these pretty, pretty photos of like either like a pretty girl or like a rainforest or water or mm. just the most random photo. And then you just have this text in front of it. I'm not going to say the exact text because I don't want it to be triggering for anyone, but just very problematic text that made suicide, self-harm like romanticized and Mm. it just was like and like people would then easily share those images because they looked pretty but then the text is like very very triggering and that's like plastered all throughout your feeds like Mm. yeah that i had a lot of issue with that what's your history then of like mental health mental illness has been romanticized like on today's social media do you see that a lot so for me personally and a lot of the thing a lot of the things that i follow Mm. is um i'm a huge sports fan so i see a lot of the time commentators and people in the media so for instance i'm a huge afl fan so if Mm. they talk about on the footy show where they say uh this person's taken a break for mental health reasons Mm. Or this per or this person's had mental health troubles in the past, and we wanna we wanna support them during that. That is as far as they will go. Mm. The only other way they will look at it is if someone has come back from overcoming mental health problems, mm. which is all they'll say. So if someone's had severe depression, mm. uh, 
there was a specific case of a um, AFL player mm. who had quite publicly done some things that had shown he was having more than just mental health troubles, but and it was confirmed that he was struggling with depression and thoughts of suicide and having a real trouble. When he came back, and he amazingly he came back and he's playing AFL again. Mm. Hero. He's an absolute hero story. Once he was back, everyone wanted to talk to him about it, mm. but no one would ask him what it was like when he was in that state. And as much as he uh, probably wasn't comfortable about talking what talking about that state, given that it was quite fresh for him still, yeah. when he became the hot topic, mm. he uh, they're more than happy to call them a hero for overcoming it, mm. but they will not ever talk about what they actually overcame. Yeah, the details and what the day to day life of someone who is severely depressed looks like. Yeah. Never. It, it's only, uh, they're only a hero for overcoming it mm. or they're only brave for stepping back to look after themselves in that regard. Yeah, it really just romanticizes it and like rushes the process because then it makes it feel like people that are going through this depression and depression it makes them feel like oh if i don't overcome this right now i'm not going to be seen as a hero whereas like the reality is some people just experience it in cycles mm. throughout their entire life or sometimes it can take it's not just something that can just you know take a couple of days and poof you better like it's just it can take months it can even take years it's like it's like an ongoing struggle like trying to like fight your way not to get back into that depression hole like you have to like it's just it's also very difficult to see yourself as that hero and that amazing mm -hmm. person that can overcome this yeah while you're going through it mm -hmm. that is a really difficult thing to see yeah mm -hmm. to see yourself as that yeah it is oh, i don't want to say impossible but certainly mm -hmm. from what i've um from my experiences to try and even looking at times that i had beaten it in the past yeah it seems like a mountain to climb that you really don't feel up to. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, then you'll have, like, some days you're just like, yes, I've confident. It's all done. For bravo, I'm all done. And then literally, like, it could be, like, an hour later and you're just back to square one. Like, it's mm -hmm. just unpredictable. It's just... And, yeah, I think that's what is missing in today's social media and today's climate. It's just, like, yeah, it's great that mental health is being taken seriously like you know on individual levels and government levels that is great like but there just needs to be more conversations and more actions about like when you actually are experiencing depression like we will go into now i think like the actual things that happen to dan and i like the physical effects with depression obviously this is as we've said earlier on this is just obviously our experience everyone's different but like <laughs> For me, when I'm in a deep, deep depression, like, I can't get out of bed. Like, it is a struggle. Like, like there's been case, like, so many times I'm in bed so long that my back and neck is actually sore from being in bed for that long. And when that happens, then when I finally get up, you know, just to eat or go to the toilet, when it gets to bedtime, I'm not tired, I can't sleep, and that's, like, the worst thing for depression is not getting any sleep. And then your bed doesn't become your sanctuary anymore. It doesn't become your safe place. It doesn't become, you know, the place where you rest. It just becomes the place like, oh, this is my sad place. This is the place I go to be sad and to just feel numb and just curl up into a ball and hide away from the world. And it's just, <sighs> that's something that a lot of people don't understand if they themselves haven't experienced depression because people just see it as laziness they just see like oh they're being lazy they're just staying in bed all day they're being lazy and it's like no you like i literally physically can't get out of bed like like the other week i was in bed and for like a good two hours i was debating like whether oh should I get up to get changed? Like, it literally took me two hours of debating of should I get up to get changed? Should I get up to have a shower? Like, that was... It's... 
Oh, it's a lot of your mental mental toll, isn't it? Yeah, and we can talk about how people discussing mental health and people trying to do better with mental health uh, is a good thing until the bloody cows come home. Mm. But until we start to kill some of the stigma around what it actually looks like, mm. like as you were saying, um, people off people who don't understand fully often mistake the struggle of uh, basic day-to-day activities such mm. as um, getting out of bed, which, you know, when you're not depressed, you really do take for granted how easily you get out of bed. Yes. There's, there's not a problem in the world. It's not, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not something that is difficult. It's not something you even would have a second thought about mm. or sometimes even a first thought. Mm. But when what has become your safe space to hide, as you were saying, mm. uh, when your bed becomes that, to leave that safe space mm. becomes very difficult. Yeah. Becomes very difficult. And it certainly has for yourself and it certainly has for me. Mm. Uh, I've been uh, I've been instructed by people who uh, are not so in the know with these things yeah. that uh, I think their words were, like, just get up and go for a walk. I don't get how you just can't do that. It's so easy. To leave the house during depression can be one of the most difficult things. Yeah. Certainly from my experience, there are in uh, certain points of my depre- battles with depression, there have been days to almost weeks where I have not been able to get myself out that front door. Mm-hmm. where it has taken a lot of help, a lot of support, and a lot of everything, energy, discipline, however you want to put it, it has taken a hell of a lot for me to get myself out that door. Yeah. Because you, a lot of the time you don't feel safe in the world, you don't feel like you have the energy to do anything, and the fact that people can just put that down to being lazy mm. is... Um, when you start to think like that yourself, it makes it that much more challenging. Yes, you end up having like this self-hatred for yourself and frustration. You're just like, oh my God, why can't I even do this? I can't even do this simple thing. Like how many times do you say uh, that to me or I say that to you when we have to like console the other one and be like, look, it's okay. You're going through shit right now. It's okay. You can't do this thing that normally is easy for you to do on regular days. Like... Yeah, even yeah. things like showering or, mm. like you said earlier, just getting changed can be yeah. a big difficulty. Like I think I spent, at one point, this is not an attractive thing, but I spent, I would have spent a week where the only, I probably showered twice and wore the same boxes every day. Yeah. Like it's, and that's certainly not romanticizing it. That is, that's an ugly picture. It was an awful time. Mm. Uh I don't want to make any lightheartedness of that. That is, um, if you ever have anyone who is acting like that, please ask them if they're okay. Mm. Because that is, a, that is at least for us, that is a clear sign that uh, there is an imbalance in the brain. Yeah. Because that is what you're dealing with. There are, A lot of people seem to not understand that depression is not... Uh, being sad but depression is actually a chemical imbalance in the brain when your brain stops producing the right chemicals to make you happy and one of the best ways that i have heard this uh being described or with it being physical not just an invisible thing that's a mystery man in the clouds making Mm. is how serious we take physical injuries so if someone was to, say, break a leg, yeah. we wouldn't ask them to get up and run a marathon. Mm. That'd be absurd. But that's exactly the same as this chemical imbalance in your brain. Mm. You wouldn't ask someone whose brain isn't making happy juice to be happy. Yeah. Or, to, or that's not producing the chemical that allows them to function normally to go and do a day's, day of work. Because it's going to be far too overwhelming. It's the, it's an actual physical block. Yeah. That does not allow you to do, to 
act how you would normally act. The same way that a broken leg does not allow you allows does not allow you to walk properly. Yeah. You need the proper aids in crutches or uh, I'm not sure their official term moon boots. Um, you need the proper aids and the proper support around you to be able to move properly. Uh, wheelchair also. Yeah. Uh, we need to start looking at how much that proper support and those proper systems need to be in place for people who are dealing with this chemical imbalance in their brain. Yeah, yeah, because that's literally what it is, and it does affect your entire body and your entire way of thinking. Like, as you were saying, like, you know, one of the main things is that it affects your cleanliness because, you know, in everyday life, like, when we're feeling pretty good, like, you know, there's certain routines that we're used to regarding cleanliness, like, you know, having a shower, washing our hair, washing our hands, um, getting changed, like not wearing the same underwear in two days in a row. Like we have like certain routines mm. and when we do get into that deep depression, like that just goes out the window because you don't feel like, like for me, it almost just feels like I'm just like, no, I'm scared and I'm not worthy. Like I don't even want to bother looking after myself because I'm not enough. Like you just have such negative thoughts about yourself. And also it's just have no motivation. Like, so something that always happens when I'm in deep depression is I barely shower. Like this week is this this past seven days, like has been pretty good. But before then, like I was probably like showering every three days and I felt disgusting. But it was just something I just couldn't do. Like it just felt like so much effort and and then, like, you always end up self-conscious, thinking, like, oh, do I smell? Does my partner think I'm disgusting and feral because I'm not showering? And, yeah, that's 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 really hard, like, when you're just living everyday life and you can't even be motivated enough to clean yourself. Like, another thing as well that I struggle with when I am in this state is washing my hair oh my god washing your hair while depressed is such a fucking oh my god it's so fucking hard because it's like maybe maybe it's just maybe it, it is something that's just me I don't know I, I, I do think other people could relate to it but like for me it just when I'm depressed it's just such an effort and because I then barely brush wash my hair I then barely brush my hair and then I get so self-conscious because then I get these big, gigantic, dry, scalpy bits on my head. Like, I'm so self-conscious about that. And I always have to ask Dan all the time, like, you know, can you see any bits that are there? And, um, yeah, like, I get big chunks of, like, dandruff and dry dry scalpness. And what is it? Dry scalpness? Dry. What would you call it's it? It's dry scalp, but it is, um, I just lost dandruff. Dandruff, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, yes. yeah, that makes me so self-conscious because yeah, I just have no motivation to wash my hair, brush my hair, and uh, it's not nice. It's not nice when you can't even do the basic things and, like, get change out of your pajamas into your day-to-day -day clothes. You just spend all day in those clothes that you slept in for a week. Like, Yeah. Mm. And then, like, you know, you don't want to talk to anyone because that in itself is effort. And then you feel like you're a terrible friend or a terrible partner or a terrible daughter or whatever. Like, you feel like you're a terrible person because you're not communicating to people. And but at the same time, you have no motivation. You don't know what you're supposed to talk about. You feel like you're just dampening everyone's lives by just saying to them, oh, I feel like shit. And... And it's also hard as well because people are, often people would then ask, why do you feel like shit? And then that's even more exhausting having to explain why you feel like shit. And then you feel like, oh, am I not explaining it enough? Do they then think I'm just being whingy or something? Like, will they not understand? Do they think I'm over-exaggerating? When obviously the person's just asking, why do you feel like shit? Because they fucking care about you. Mm. But yeah. at times it can be very hard <laughs> to actually explain that because mm. a lot of the time when you are struggling with depression mm. it's uh you almost have almost like a mental fog 
Mm. making it very difficult to have coherent and clear thoughts. Yeah. So to actually articulate what is going wrong, mm. a lot of the time you won't even understand yourself. Yeah, that's You true. won't even understand yourself truly what is making you sad mm. and very rarely would the answer a chemical imbalance in my brain <laughs> that's not going to be the first thing that comes to your head <laughs> no no that's you'd never think of that and even if you did say that they would probably look at you like you had two heads mm. uh people um had you said yep yeah, i've got i'm currently battling depression they would be like oh cheer up <laughs> yeah um, or, oh, just, yeah, go out and that'll be, you'll be right. You'll be right. Uh, just wanting to move on as quickly as possible. Yes. The actual, and once again, we come back to this, the actual answer of the reality of the situation. Mm. No, people do not want to hear. Mm. People yeah. do not want to hear at all. Mm. Not at all. Which is part of the reason we are doing this episode. Yeah. It's a, uh being a bit tough for us and a bit at the end we may feel a bit like it was a bit of a therapy session but it is a bit like that isn't it yeah yeah i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) but for now uh as anyone who has been in a therapy session Mm. will testify to it is very difficult to talk about this Mm. we're holding each other's hands and we're constantly giving each other looks of support which uh, can make a huge difference when you have someone on your side who understands. Yeah. Which is why we, well, I'd say we, but it's definitely Demi, which is why, Def, mm. why Demi mentions uh, to call Lifeline because they are they are a great support. Yeah. And they are someone who you can discuss this with who will understand and are trained to be able to help you through these situations. Yeah. So if you feel like you can't turn to family or friends, Lifeline is a great option. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Something else we want to make sure we mention on this episode as we near to the end here, we do want to offer some tips that from, now this is obviously from our experience um, of handling the physical effects of depression. So as Dan says, obviously, if you are seeking professional advice, do seek out Lifeline at 13, 11, 14. Um, But I did want to use our experience to also offer just advice on like how to not to rid depression or how to fix the chemical imbalance in your brain no i'm think this is more just little tips on when you have the physical effects of depression affecting your life essentially so i got a bit of a list here that i have been putting together over the past month as my depression has gone you know in and out as it does um but yes here are just some it sounds really bad to say some little tips and tricks of um just basically how to like help yourself so i would say some more personal notes yeah on how we have helped ourselves yeah or how we have helped each other Mm, mm -hmm. or things that we have taken from professional advice yeah that have helped us yeah yeah absolutely yeah so um okay People that have plants, this is going to be, people that don't have plants that don't really like them, like my, my partner Dan here doesn't really care for them. <laughs> I'm fine with plants. I have allergies to flowers. <laughs> I have bad hay fever with flowers, okay? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with plants. Oh, okay, okay. But you don't have, but you don't like talk to them like I do. Like. No, I, I yeah. have no green thumb. No. <laughs> green thumb. That's the word I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah. You have no green thumb. Okay. So people out there that have a green thumb. Is that how you say it? That people 
Okay, just on my plans, people out there. Okay, this is something that's important. Don't stress or think of yourself as a lesser person if your plants die while you're experiencing depression. Because that is something that definitely I had to like keep telling myself because when I'm experiencing depression, I don't water my plants. I just, because, you know, I can barely take care of myself, let alone all these plants in my house, beautiful plants in my house and my garden. So what I had to keep telling myself was, look, it's okay that they're dying, that it's okay, like you're not neglecting them, you're not being a bad plant mother or anything like that. Like, you know, this is just what happens, okay? Like, focus on yourself. Don't think that you're a bad person because your plants have died. And I know people out there that's listening to this that aren't plant people, you're probably thinking like, oh, it's just plants, who cares? When you're a plant person, they're your babies. <laughs> yes. What is it? Uh, children, uh, pets are the new children. Yes. Plants are the new pets. Yes. You take pride in them. Like, oh my God. Like when I get like new little flowers come out of my plants, I get so excited. And you get a little bit of excitement too because of my excitement. That makes yes. Me I happy. get a little secondhand excitement. You do. Yes. yes. And I become, and I get a little bit of pride for you because yeah. I know how well you've done. Thank you. Yes. Mm. So... If you are a plant, if you are a plant, mother, father, whatever, don't hate yourself if you let your plants die. It's okay. Buy a new one or try and tend to that one that you that has died. Like, I don't want to say like it's not the end of the world, but it literally is not the end of the world. Mm. There's um, more bigger shit that you need to focus on. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I think that can even be taken in a more um, broad sense and a more mm. general sense of don't sweat the little things. Yes. If you have... Speaking of sweat, sorry, I'm sweating on your hands. <laughs> okay. If you have the motivation to do something, say for me it's normally uh, one of the first things to go is doing dishes. Mm. So if you if you have the energy to do the, do the dishes or do a basic simple household task mm. or a simple basic household task like that, mm then that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a big win. And celebrated as the big win it's a, it, it is. Mm. But also, don't be so harsh on yourself if you can't do it. Yeah. If you can't do it, that is okay. Mm-hmm. We, we all want to try our best, but when you're dealing with depression, being hard on yourself can be one of the biggest killers on helping your, on helping your growth mm. and helping you overcome it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, I think then when you are able to achieve just those little things, you do appreciate them a lot more. Like mm-hmm. just yesterday, I felt so proud of myself because not only did I wash my hair, I used a blow dryer afterwards. <laughs> and I felt at first I felt a bit silly for being so proud about that. But then I told Dan and he, you were just so proud of me. You were just <laughs> like, yes, baby, look at you. Look at you go making effort. Yes. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that speaks to the importance of uh, your partner and the people or the people close to you having an understanding of depression and how important Mm. that can be. Like just someone in your corner, just always supporting you no matter what it is. Yeah. Cause I know there's been specific times for me where I'm old, where you've been out, but I've been at home dealing with my depression and I want to get rid of the stigma of that word. I want to start using it more mm. because at the moment it's not said enough in a mm. serious term. Mm. If we talk about it, we say mental health in a yeah. serious way. Mm. But um, if you hear the word depression, it's normally like, oh, but I'm depressed yeah. in a little jokey manner. The word needs to stop having that stigma mm. and we need to have it be, oh, I've got a broken leg. Oh, I've got depression. Mm. It needs to be talked about in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So for a partner to be understanding of how big a thing that is, Mm. is always massive. Because if I've done something like wash the dishes in the midst of a deep bout of depression, a bout of deep depression, Mm. when you come home and you go, oh, babe, thank you so much for doing the dishes. It makes me feel good. Yes. We both do that to each other, don't we? Like, Yeah. Because... 
I think I think if other people were to see us like the way we compliment each other so much when we clean, like they would be like, oh, but of course you have to clean, like you know, like you share the rounds, and they think it's like a sexist thing or some shit like that. But no, mm. it's actually like we're generally proud of each other when the other one can actually physically clean because mm. it takes a lot for us to do it when we're experiencing depression. Yeah, mm. and to keep going on my point and kind of lead into another one. Yeah. Uh, when someone helps you feel good in that way, mm. that helps the brain actually promote the right chemicals. Ah, and leading from that point, mm. another thing that I've um, uh, that also kind of comes from "Don't be too hard on yourself" mm. is actually do things you enjoy. Yes. It seems like such a little thing, mm -hmm. but when you're numb and you feel like you can't feel anything, mm -hmm. don't just try not to, I'm not going to say don't, try not to just put on things that will be in the background, mm -hmm. but try to listen, watch, read things that will actively engage you and make you happy. Yeah. Because if you can help your brain create that chemical of happiness and create that chemical that makes you feel good. It seems so simple, but that goes a long way. And it really helps you as well, like leave this world into this other world where you could be thinking about something completely unrelated to what's going on in your life. Like, like there's certain TV shows that I will always watch whenever I'm down. For example, RuPaul's Drag Race. As soon as I watch RuPaul's Drag Race when I'm down, oh, that does things to me. Like I just feel better so, so quickly. And it just, and I know sometimes that feeling like is obviously temporary, but it, it just helps so, so much because it just oozes positivity it oozes just joy and silliness and just all this stuff that is just great so yeah if you have a tv show a podcast certain music even just weird little things that you like to do like i love a good face mask i love that shit so much don't roll your eyes i love a good face mask i love them so much it just makes me feel so at ease and yeah, it just made it just ugh. just 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 do anything that's obviously not anything that's dangerous or anything like that. But like, yeah, like do the things that make you happy that you know are going to just bring a little bit of joy to your life. Yeah. So for me, there I have a few. Uh, mm. my number one one is being in the water. Yeah. So a bath for me can be like the ultimate meditation and therapy session. Yeah, that is your happy place. Oh, yes. I, there's also for me uh, uh, making Lego, keeping my hands busy and kind of building something and having a finished product at the end of it uh, definitely helps me in those times. Yeah. But also something as simple as um, I'll go and play a game on the PlayStation that I really enjoy. Mm. I'll go back to playing one of my favourite games or I'll go back and yes, yeah, watch favourite YouTube videos. Mm. Mm. Nostalgia helps a heap when you're in depression because then you just you know that thing is definitely going to make you happy. You're not mm -hmm. exploring anything new. That's another thing. I struggle to watch new TV shows or new movies when I'm depressed because mm. I don't know what to expect. Whereas like the stuff I have seen, I know what to expect. I know it's going to make me happy. Like mm -hmm. that's always been good. Yes. There's a reason we refer to some shows and food as comfort. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Which once again, being hard on yourself for enjoying your comfort things mm. during depression can be struggling. Mm. Obviously other problems may arise through that, through say comfort food and such. But the biggest thing I will say for myself and from my understanding is don't be harsh on yourself. Yes. You, mm -hmm. you, yes, you're, if you're a, what you consider a normal day and going back to a, an old point I made earlier, your normal day is running a marathon. Mm. That's for your brain. That's what you're doing every day. You're running a marathon every day. Mm -hmm. To expect your brain to be able to do that with a broken leg is not a 
is not something you would expect of any other part of your body, mm. please be kind. Yeah. Please be kind to your brain and don't expect that from it when you know that that can't be done. Mm. And going from that, like being kind to yourself, something that I've definitely have to, something I've had to learn through this whole process is being kind to myself and the way I look at my body. So I know everyone's different, but when I go through, like when I go through depression, I eat a lot. I binge eat, I eat a lot of comfort food, and I just have a habit of routinely just eating all the time. And obviously that's led to a lot of weight gain, which it does take a bit to get used to your body changing because I'm one of those people I do look at photos of myself from like say four years ago and I think, oh, I want to have that body back, blah, blah, blah. But then I have to realize, okay, four years ago, you were going to the gym every single day at lunchtime, you were eating steamed vegetables with tuna. At that time, you had the motivation to do all this. You weren't depressed. Like, I have, yeah. So it has taken me a while to be easy to be kinder to myself and realize that, like, I need to stop comparing myself to a skinnier version of myself or a fitter version of myself. Like, right now, I just need to, like, take care of my current self. Who gives a fuck about my past self? Just take care of my current self. Yeah. And other tips that I have, that uh, other tips that I think would be great for others, like that these have helped me, they may or may not help you if you're experiencing depression. Um, they're very random when I say, when I'm, I'm reading them right now, the notes that I've written, and they are very random, but they are very helpful for me. So they might be for you. Um, something that does help me, sorry, I'm like blabbering right now, I'm like doing word vomit. Um, just be nervous um so when I'm out and about and I know I'm gonna be in like a nervous situation I make sure that I have something whether it be in my pocket or in my bag I have something that I can fidget with so some so often more often than not I have like a scrunchie or I have a hair tie around my wrist or sometimes I have a ring on my finger so I can fidget with it that really helps my nerves when I have to socialize because when I'm experiencing depression, socializing is an even bigger, bigger bloody deal for me. And because I also have social anxiety as well, like, yeah, that can be really hard for me sometimes. Like literally right now as we're in the microphone, I'm fidgeting with this, um, I don't know what it is. It's like a rubbery thing. It's just like a rubber band. A rubber yeah. band. You've got your fidget cube. Like, yes. They just getting have... worked over. <laughs> Channeling that nervous energy as we do. Do you find though, if I fidget with something for too long, because I'm really nervous, my fingers get sore. I have to like stop myself, otherwise my fingers get sore. Does that happen to you? Uh, I'm normally okay, mostly because the little fidget cube and my giant sausage oh, finger hands. Oh, because you've got massive hands. I've got teeny tiny <laughs> hands. Um, I, yeah, I can work it quite easily. Ah. Um, it's very small movements for me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, that was, so yes, having something to fidget with when you have to leave the house, that has been very helpful for me. Mm. Um, some other little things as well. This sounds weird. For some reason, just putting moisturizer on me, like like so, like sometimes I have just have a little sample of moisturizer on my desk. I can't see it right now because my desk is a fucking mess. But I normally have a little moisturizer on my desk, and if I'm feeling, I just want feeling a bit yucky. I just like literally, I would just put moisturizer on my hands or my chest or my face, and it just it's just little things like that. Like when you can, or if it's just literally right there, like that just helps me. Obviously, if that wouldn't help everyone. Obviously, that definitely wouldn't help Dan. <laughs> He's sitting there just like, okay, all right. Yeah, okay. I'm close to both, baby. We're yep. close to both. Whatever makes you feel good. <laughs> um, I've had to do this. So this is the other thing I do. I have to ask Dan if <laughs> sounds really weird, too much information for some people. Um, because I struggle to have enough showers when I'm in a deep depression, I asked Dan to smell me <laughs> and, and like have to remind me to shower and go, God bless your soul. Cause you do do that. And you never do it in a critical way or you never embarrass me and just like, Oh babe, you stink. You're just like, Oh yeah, honey, maybe have a shower. Yeah. You're very nice about it, which is good. 
Yeah, and if I can just add a quick point in here, mm. that is something that I think does help a, a lot of people is when they're able to uh, tell their friends, their family, the people in their lives, so partners, uh, that they are struggling, they are mm. really struggling. Yeah. Uh, because then the people in their lives will know, okay, we don't be too harsh. Mm. Uh, it gives them, it lets them know that they are going to have to be a bit, un bit more understanding. Yeah. And yeah, when you can, uh, like as we, as Demi just said, you have, you let people know, look, can you give me a hand with this? Mm. People will love that. Because mm. a lot of things with depression is people don't understand it. So they don't understand how they can help. Yes, and they, all they want to do is help. But yes. they feel like they're doing the wrong thing. And sometimes you do have to take the initiative and actually ask for the help and tell them how they can help. Because that's all they want to do. They just want to help. Like, loved ones mm. just want to help you. So if, if you can actually ask them, this is how you can help, just the smallest little thing, like, it would mm -hmm. be great for you and great for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, I kind of took over that. No, that's okay. <laughs> that was the end of my point, and I was passing back to you anyway. Yeah, yeah. And sorry, I still got a bit of a list here. I'm trying not to get emotional during this. I don't, didn't think I would be, but um. It's okay, <sighs> it's an emotional topic. Thanks. You're doing amazing with what you're going through. I want chocolate now. <laughs> We're getting groceries after this, so we'll get chocolate. <laughs> oh, I'm so cute for chocolate right now. I have to go through this. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I want that um pizza. It's like the party one, the one with the marshmallows in it. Oh, um, Daryl Lee Sunday Sesh. Cool. Okay, okay. Mm. Any, okay, anyone? <laughs> totally off topic. Chocolate recommendation. Daryl Lee Sunday Sesh. It's got these big, massive chunks of what is it? Marshmallow. Marshmallow, raspberry jelly, yes. and biscuit pieces, I believe. My God, it is like it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a block of sex chocolate. It's just. <laughs> I was for, gonna, I was for gonna. All those people who think Daryl Lee's <laughs> for the old people, try their new stuff. My word, oh my gosh, the actual yes. chocolate itself. Like if you just get like what you'd originally call a dairy milk or a milk chocolate yeah. bar. The higher content of cocoa in it, so smooth, so beautiful, the best tasting chocolate there is. Like, there's the, was it, there's a camel fudge one. Oh, there's yeah. a Rocky Road one, and there's a Raspberry Rocky Road oh. one. For my Rocky Road fans out there, <laughs> get your lips around it. It is, oh my god. Like, Darryl please sponsor us. That would be really <laughs> nice. I really should reach out to them and be like, can we have a, like, sponsor, like, just sponsor us, okay? We're going to eat all your goddamn chocolate. It would make me so happy. That would be so good. Imagine getting that, like, given to I, us. I, yeah, I, I don't even care if it's paid. Just give me the yeah, chocolate. Yeah, just give me the chocolate. Just give me oh. the chocolate. I want it. Anyway, anyway, back to... Just going to a happy place for a second, there. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. Yes, we have depression. Go to find your happy place. Find your happy place. Find your happy place, even if it's thing about chocolate. Beautiful, yes. beautiful. Cousin Daryl. Cousin Daryl. <laughs> Isn't that like people call Dan Murphy's Uncle Dan's? Can we have like Cousin Daryl be the new Daryl Lee chocolate? Do they McMahon? call him Uncle Dan's? Oh, yeah. Because everyone's got the drunk uncle with the storage of beer. They do. That is <laughs> with, true. With all the booze. That is so true. So it's Uncle Dan's. <laughs> cousin Daryl. So what is that? What, what cousin is that? So that's like the cousin... Oh, maybe it should be Nana Daryl or Nana Poppy Daryl. Poppy Daryl. Because Nan and Pops always have the sweets. Yes. Oh mm. my God. Yes. They always got the goods. Yes. They always yes. got the goods. <laughs> if, if, if you're leaving your grandparents hungry, uh, you're not doing it right. No, I'm not doing it right. <laughs> you're no, not doing it right. Yeah. Because trust me, they'll offer more. <laughs> uh, yes. Look, I think this is probably a good time to finish the episode. Um, I was going to finish this this big list that I have of like depression tips, but I think I'm actually just going to post it on Instagram because I'm in now in a happy mood now because now I'm thinking about chocolate. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make myself feel down again. So I am going to post these tips that Stan and I have spoken about. I'm going to post it on to Instagram when the episode is live and just i'd lost my train of thought i was thinking about chocolate sorry guys 
<laughs> I was just like, oh. It's that good. <laughs> it is that good. It is. It is. Okay, I will share a photo of it in my Insta stories of the chocolate. <laughs> so you can actually see, like, the bit. Like, it's like proper chunks of mm. marshmallow and raspberry. There's no pissy little, like, yeah. chips. Like, yeah. Tiniest little bits. Like, when you get to a bit, it's like when you get to those big chunks of stuff and ice cream. Like yes it's 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 seriously there okay we and it should always really... like bulges through the <laughs> we really need to stop talking about this we right should now really finish. we're about to get groceries and it's actually no it's two it's like it's in the mid-off we're in the mid-afternoon right now we're having a lunch so this is probably why <laughs> <laughs> so okay i think this is definitely a good sign that we should finish up this episode i am so grateful daniel for you coming on to the episode being by my side doing always. this conversation this tricky conversation because i know it's uh, tricky for you and it's tricky for me so i'm just grateful mm. Thank that's you. okay big hugs big hugs yes big big, big hugs. hugs yes <laughs> well thank you everyone so much for tuning into this emotional chocolate filled <laughs> very random destigmatizing depression episode that should be a title um <laughs> very long title yes but just big big thank you to everyone that has listened in to this episode i appreciate every single one of you and if you are listening to this episode i do ask you if you can share on your instagram stories where in the world you are listening to this podcast episode and if you do this you'll be given a shout out on the nasty woman club podcast and also nasty woman club instagram grid page i'm your host demi lynch stay nasty everyone if any of today's conversations were triggering, please contact Lifeline at 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. We at the Nasty Woman Club pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. We acknowledge that we are on the stolen lands of the Yarraga and Turbul people, whose sovereignty was never ceded.